Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, folks, and welcome to RealMentorsRadio.com. I tell you what, I'm excited. Troy Dooley, your host. We have been studying the book titled Credibility. It's by two phenomenal authors. They wrote The Leadership Challenge, Barry Posner and, and James Cowes. Uh, Coos, I guess. It's, C-O, it's K-O-U-Z-E-S. Coos, James Coos. Powerful book all in itself. It's written differently than a traditional leadership book because it's written based on what a constituent's looking for. See, the antiquated theory that leadership is about creating followers has kind of gotten thrown out the window. And I, and I think it's happened because people have started to realize what servant leadership is. And it's not to say that we still don't have people that follow us. Don't get me wrong here. But the key role of a leader should not to to be like a uh, an Adolf Hitler where you want to only be the the top dog and you only want followers around you. You don't want to listen. You want yes men and yes women. That that's gone. What's out here now is that leadership has become about leaders building other leaders. The concept is to create a a an authentic collaboration amongst the tribe, as Seth Godin calls it, where leaders actually are constantly rotating, the new leaders coming in. A, a leader that, that understands you're building a legacy understands that you have to have somebody that's going to step in your shoes. One of my mentors many years ago had a mentor himself, Alexander the Great. And I always wondered about that because... If you study about Alexander, phenomenal leader, military mind. And shortly after his death, his family was murdered and everything was split up because of the jealousy, basically, amongst his generals. I don't think that's a good legacy that you're leading. So today we're looking at serve with purpose. And I believe that is the big key. If you're going to lead... There has to be a purpose. There has to be something that's bigger than you are. I believe the role is to serve and not to be served as a leader. Alan Malali, I think that's how you say, he's the president and CEO of Ford Motor Company. When he was asked by the Washington Post, how has your leadership style changed over the years, he responded. I think that just always remembering that we're here to serve. We have to we have the honor to be selected to be the leader, but we're actually serving our customers, we're serving our employees, and the more that you have a servant's perspective or a servant's attitude, then the more inclusive you you'll have, the more respect of the people. See, the more inclusive that we are at at those that surround us, 
at bringing them into our our ability to serve them, the more we respect their attitudes and their ideas, the more that people will want to listen to what we have to say. In other words, we will seek to be uh, to understand what they need before we seek to be understood. And I think that's where a lot of times leaders miss the mark. One of my my current heroes in business is Howard Schultz. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact that my stock has tremendously grown, so don't get me wrong there. But at the same time, he has built Starbucks on a servant's attitude. He's built Starbucks like successful direct marketing CEOs like Richard Brook and, and BK Brieco built their companies listening to what is needed by their people. See, credible leaders serve a purpose, and they serve the people who have made it possible for them to lead. This is big, because so many times we miss the boat. So many times we make mistakes that way. I remember not too long ago, been, it's been about three years or so. Corey Citron, one of the co-founders at Yoli, was at a, at a pinnacle point in his life where he was retiring from one company and, and trying to figure out what he wanted to do. Where did he want to go? What what was there for him? Some of his closest friends and confidants were actually launching a company, and, and he went and talked to them, and they shared the passion they shared what their dream was. Here's a kid that's that's hardly out of his 20s. I don't even know if he was at the time. And he had the decision, do I want to stay building an organization or do I want to serve a higher purpose? Do I want to serve a higher calling? And he made that choice. And he did it with integrity because it's a very tricky move when you move from one company to the next especially when you've, you've had such publicity and you have such a, a large constituency with one And I remember the dignity in which he made that move. I, I remember his partners when there was a little bit of legal issues that came out of it and played around him. See, I believe that that's serving with a higher purpose doesn't mean that, that Corey Citron, just like all leaders, don't fall flat on their face sometimes and make mistakes. I'm going to share another example about Corey here down the road. But when we serve with purpose, people listen. The guys write this. In serving a purpose, you strengthen credibility by demonstrating that you're not in it. That you're not in it for yourself, but instead have the interest of the institution, the department, or the team and its constituents at heart. Let me read that again. In serving a purpose, you strengthen credibility by demonstrating that you're not in it for yourself, but instead have the interest of the institution, department, or the team and its constituents at heart. This brings me to another current leader in network marketing, Orrin Woodward. Oren is one of those interesting leaders because he didn't start out to be a controversial leader. Matter of fact, when it was at the old Quickstar 
days. I mean, he was pretty much known within the quick star ranks, but except for a few outsiders, nobody really knew who Orrin Woodward was. Nobody really cared, to be quite honest, because Amway kind of built their own culture with quick star. So it was kind of a, a great leaders that were there, introverted leaders. We were learning from them, but the, the average rank and file in direct selling didn't really care. And Oren and his team came to a point where, based on purpose, they had to make a decision to leave Quickstar. Now, was that was that some of it seen as self-serving? I'm sure it was. They wanted to launch their own company. They had a, a great following. They, they great things were starting to happen. Chris Brady and, and Oren Woodward had just written a book, The Leadership Revolution. It was going out and doing some things. So, so there was some there was some legitimate self-serving reasons there, but as a team, they came to, together and they made a decision. We're going to leave. We're going to, we're going to do something here. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky. When they left, a lawsuit prevailed, huge lawsuit. And it came to a point where, where in, their, in their thrust to launch their own company, their own mission and where they had buy-in from most of those that had, had been following them for a while, their constituents, they had to find a stopgap measure somewhere. They had to find a, a company that they could align with while they worked out some of these legal details. And they found a, not just a company but an actual man that said, you know what, I believe in your crusade too. I believe in what you're doing. I'm willing to front you the seed money to help pay for your legal bills. And and what happens here, and this is the interesting thing, and I'm going to share the second half of this story in a second. What happens is they made the move. I believe that, that from what I've seen publicly, and, and matter of fact, Ord and I are going to have a set down heart-to-heart, face-to-face in the next couple of weeks. But they made a move with about $3 million that was paid and put into a trust, well, not really a trust, but put into a fund that was allotted for legal bills. It wasn't allotted for personal payments or anything like that. But yet that whole story didn't get out. And, and when a whole story doesn't get out, even when you're being guided by principles that are there for the whole organization, people can see that as mistakes that are made interesting because credibility and being a servant leader to others although it's not new goes against what most people are used to because we have been brought up in a society that's a dog-eat-dog world we take care of ourselves first so people automatically live in what i call the i've been screwed syndrome they've been screwed so many times they automatically accept to be screwed again. So they, they, that, they, they just think about it. So when they actually hear or see a leader that's living by this higher purpose, this, this concept of servant leadership, although that's not new, it is new to the rank and file, especially in America. Actually, in some third world countries, we see it lived out daily on the news where the the leaders are there screwing their own people, killing them, taking from them. So we get this mindset. 
Robert Greenleaf pointed out the great leader is seen as a servant first, and that's simply a fact that is key to the leader's greatness. Now, you may be saying, I don't know who this Robert Greenleaf is. Maybe you just made him up, and I didn't. He actually spent 30 years working as a Fortune 50 senior executive, and then when he retired from that, he became a very intelligent speaker. See, Robert says this, a new moral principle is emerging which holds that the only authority deserving one's alliance is that which is freely and knowingly granted by the led by the led to the leader in response to and in proportion to the clearly evident servant stature of the leader. See, we can we can say it's the internet, we can say it's it's a the smartphones and texting and messaging, I don't care. It, it's truly technology. But you can't hide anymore. You can't pretend you're one thing and do another. We see this all the time, man. How many how many YouTube videos has popped up with with somebody having an affair? I mean, there's a whole show called Cheaters. See, people are saying no more. We're not going to take this. See, we want to follow leaders worth serving. We want to follow leaders who live by example. Richard Brooke, who's one of my mentors, has led by the same set of principles all his life. His leadership style changes as he grows personally. But he's one of the only CEOs I know that literally realizes that it isn't about him. And he's created a 100-year business plan. He is attracting around him in his company, 2110, other servant leaders. I mean professional coaches and trainers who go out there and mentor people who have aligned themselves with Richard because of the fact that he serves with a servant's heart. He serves for a higher purpose. When I look at this and I see this, I'm amazed because I can tell you right now, from getting to know Richard on a personal level, he's not perfect. I mean, I mean, he, he's been known to put on a wrinkled pair of pants every now and then. He, he rides a Harley. He's not this epitome of the perfect leader. He does, he does make mistakes. So why is it that people follow leaders who make mistakes? I think it's the moral principle. It's funny because Robert Greenleaf said this about 30 years ago, but listen to this. Three and a half decades later, we're talking about now 2010, Charlene Lee, the founder of the Altmeter Group, one of the world's largest and foremost experts on social media, commented that Robert Greenleaf turned leadership on its head, positioning executives as humble stewards of the corporation, not the almighty heads of them. Then she offered this. What changed today is that the new technologies allow us to to let go of control and still be in command. The result of the new relationships is open leadership, which she defines as having the confidence and humility to give up the need to be in control while inspiring commitment from people to establish their goals. That's powerful. Talk about authentic collaboration in the biggest way. 
I, I'm going through a situation in my own family where I'm I'm having to change my leadership style. I'm learning that authentic collaboration works at home as well as in the corporate world. See, if you're a true leader, servant leader, with open leadership, you listen. And you always put other people's needs first. See, the guys write it this way. The servant leader puts other people's needs first. Their measure of success is whether those who are served grow whether they become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, more capable, and whether they are more likely themselves to become servant leaders in their own right. That's the key. But to do that, the leader has to go first. Leaders have to take that first step. This is where I see one of my, one of my leaders that I've looked at and admired, Dallin Larson. When he launched his, his newest endeavor, Monavi. He did it under the pretense of uh, an open relationship with his leaders, a free agency system. You're free to come and you're free to leave. He did it with a heart, I believe, that was in the right position. But like a lot of times, leaders will do things. They will get very vocal. They will go out on a limb. But then whenever they realize things have changed, we have to change our mindset Sometimes when the legal guys get involved, all of a sudden, leaders can stop following them because they wonder, is this really the real you? I mean, you said this over here, and now you're saying this over here, and people get confused messages. We don't want that to happen in our leadership. And the question is, if you're going to go first, if you're going to be the pioneer for your organization, how do you... How do you make sure you don't stumble like that? And if you do stumble, how do you know that you're quickly going to be able to regain that? Because, see, you have people watching you inside and outside your organizations. Your behavior, what you say and how you act, your behavior is how people calibrate their own behaviors and choices. It's also what intensifies those shared values. The guys write this, researchers have found that organizations where where the employees of the field force strongly believe that their leaders follow through on promises and demonstrate the values they preach are substantially more profitable than those organizations whose leaders score average or lower in these dimensions. Now, that's big. You know, when I look at all the leaders that are out there, when I, when I look at the leaders that, that I believe have changed direct selling in the last few years, one that comes to mind is B.K. Barreco, the co-founder and the visionary over at, at Vima. See, he knew that he needed to be able to blend a servant's heart, servant leadership with, with massive confidence, and with a profit-driven company. He did several things to make this happen. He called his field force brand partners and partnered them up. And he goes out of his way to build the brand while they go out of their way to share the brand. I had the opportunity the other day to, to unannounced show up at his headquarters and ask for a very quick audience with a man where I am not attached to the company 
in the field at the corporate executive all nothing i mean that, I, I do i do some pr work for him that's it and it was interesting because as a good leader he stopped and said have have troy come up for a few minutes we can get back to this important thing he gave me an hour of his time he was in a meeting with his ceo and and matt morrow one of his top distributors they are great guys all in of themselves, and they, they gave me a little bit of time. Here's what, what, what this does. How you spend or invest your time is one of the clearest signals that you can send about what you think is important, and it's the truest, most tangible indicator of your priorities. BK's priorities are his friends. BK's priorities are the relationships... are the relationships that he's built. So it was interesting. He knew that he had margin with the two gentlemen that he was meeting with, that they would understand, hey, I've had an interruption. Give me just a few minutes. Let me invest some time here, and then I'm going to go. Powerful message. Listen to what the guys write. Constituents measure how serious their leaders are about their key values by observing how much time they spend on them. I can tell you right now, when I walked into BK Brieco's office, he has a credenza with more family pictures on them than you can shake a stick at. When I walked into the corporate offices of Vima, there's his mom and there's his dad. There's no doubt, if you look at what BK does in the in the social world, family and his brand partners, the personal relationships come first with him. It's interesting to see and to observe as an outsider, as an ambassador and an advocate to direct selling. I get to I get to see this happen constantly. I get to see what what is truly important. See all these gentlemen, Dallin Larson, Corey Citron, BK Breco, Orrin Woodward. Richard Brooke, they stay in touch with their constituents. They aren't in a glass tower. Do they all have faults? Absolutely. Are they all credible leaders? Yes, in their own right. Each of them different. See, leadership is, is about relationships, and to maintain a strong relationship, it has to be nurtured. Every one of these guys are always never sat in their office. If, if you watch them on the Internet, you see them shooting videos at some really strange places. Richard was just in Canada. Corey Citron was up in the in the mountains skiing. BK was, I think, one of the videos I saw with him the other day. He was at the Phoenix Suns at the, at the Vima Lounge. They were having a good time with some of the brand partners. Dallin's always flying around in that jet of his. Orrin Woodward, I, I know... I know one weekend alone, just the last weekend of this month, he's he's going to be in Ohio at, at a major event, and then he's flying to California to finish up the last half of the weekend at another major event. Leaders stay in touch with their people. Now, you may be saying, Troy, I've only got one person on my team, then stay in touch with them. Harry Wilkes out of Pennsylvania does this all, or out of Panama, or Pensacola, I'll get it right, does this all the time. He's always out there talking to the people on his team. But here's what happens. 
A credible leader listens. The guys write this, listening is far more important to effective leadership. Impressive listening skills is one of the core competencies of a credible leader. Listening is something that I had to do. My wife and I took a drive yesterday. Over the last few months, we've not listened to each other very much. Between Christmas and the kids, her writing deadline, she has two deadlines that are looming. With with me getting ready for the new year, taking care of clients, we just haven't listened to each other. Just kind of passing in the wind. In the last few days, we've taken time out of everything that we've done just to listen to each other. See, listening is what keeps us as leaders from becoming isolated and removed from that critical information that we need. Listening includes listening to the critical, not just the positive. Constructive controversy is good, and credible leaders understand that. The other thing that credible leaders do, and all the leaders that I've mentioned, I can tell you this, they remain approachable. Now, some of these leaders aren't near as approachable as they used to be. BK, Richard, Corey are still very accessible from the newest person in their organizations to the oldest. Sometimes Dallin and Orrin, I'll tell you, they get so busy that they don't, they're not quite as approachable. This is areas that I know they're both are working on. See, we all go through this. We all make mistakes. The thing that we have to understand is that when we're not being as approachable as we should be, that we still have to make sure our people know that at the very present of everything that we're doing is the heart of our constituents. Because if at any time the constituents feel like we are following our own agenda and that we are not living by the principles that we talk about and by the shared values of the organization, they will start to leave. The guys write this, and I thought this was very good. They said, leaders make impressions. They leave footprints, and these prints become guides for those who come behind them, whether a new project engineer or a veteran personal director. To the extent that people have positive and consistent images of their leaders in their head will be will be whether they want to be like them or not. Gary Racer over at Lima is a prime example of this. Gary brought in a really hot and young team to help him really take his company to the next level in 2012. But Gary Racer has not changed who he is. He's a bulldog. When he's on a a project, he rocks the house and he goes for it. And sometimes he will say things that probably his marketing department says, why the heck did he just say that? That was kind of raw. But he speaks from the heart. Those that are in his company understand this is a man with a heart. He is on a mission. The guys write this, and I thought this was good. This applies to all leaders. In the course of your everyday comings and going, you have many opportunities to be visibly credible by standing up on behalf of shared values and demonstrating your commitment to a shared purpose. But what happens when you're a, you're a leader and you... you you make a mistake and your credibility seems lost. Corey Citron comes to mind. I remember in his practice company, he 
he put together what I thought was pretty amazing. It was going to be an infomercial lead source. They 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 put this together. It was a rock solid looking infomercial. They pre-sold some leads, and it didn't quite come to the fruition. And there was a lot of of just really negative talk, and probably some of it rightfully so because it flopped. But Corey, being the person that he is, said sometimes you've got to make lemonade out of lemons. And for some people, they got refunds. For others, he figured out a different lead source, and they were able to to make that happen for them, make it work. See, when we go through situations where our credibility is on the line, the first thing we have to do is admit that we made the mistake. And and some people say, Troy, if I admit it, people think I'm foolish. No, if you try to cover up, they'll think you're an ass. You'll start making excuses, but they're nothing more than just cleverly disguised lies so you don't have to tell the whole truth. If you're going to do it and do it right, then you've got to focus on several little things. But they're the things that make the biggest difference. They're the things that will help you to become who you are, and it's called the six A's, and I want you to write these down. Accountability. Accept responsibility, admit your mistake, apologize for it, act to make a change, make amends, and attend to whatever your weakness is and get it right. You do those things, and the sky's going to be the limit. See, we learned today that credible leaders put the guiding principles of the organization above everything else. Credible leaders are the first to do what's been agreed upon. We've learned that in taking the first step, credible leaders provide tangible evidence of their commitment and are visible models of the kind of behaviors they are expecting. To sustain credibility, credible leaders stay in touch. People make meanings of their situations by paying attention to the actions of their leaders and especially to the congruency or disconnect between their words and behavior. We've learned that even the best of leaders screw up the credible leaders know what to do to regain the credibility if they undermine it or lose it themselves. This is what I love about this book. You need to go buy it, Credibility. Tomorrow, Chapter 8, Sustain Hope. It's going to rock. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow morning on RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.